So you're doing less than two million a year in revenue, but still impressive for a community. Yeah. yeah. How much did the community do last year in revenue? Uh, so the community was over a million in revenue last year. Wow, interesting. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Eugene Kamen. He is working on an elite e-commerce community called MillionDollarSellers.com, which is helping power an e-commerce brand he's building on the side as well. We'll dive into them both today. Eugene, you ready to take us to the top? Yep. Okay, very cool. So first off, what came first? We're seeing a lot of e-commerce brands powered by community these days. Did you launch e-commerce first or the community? So e-commerce came first. Uh, I started my brand Eleven, uh, and then I stumbled upon this community. It was was kind of like a major catalyst to success in e. Okay, so you launched the e-commerce business in what year? In 2011. Okay, 2011. And then what year did you join Million Dollar Sellers? And what's your role there? Is that your community? Yeah, so I, I joined in 2015 as a member, uh, and I, I'm I you know have kind of a passion for organizing things. So uh, in the beginning, it was just like 50 members, and I started thinking of the events. Uh, and as uh, things started unfolding, I became more involved, and now I'm the COO of the group. Uh, and we're, you know, kind of our goal now is to become one of the most uh, well-known e-commerce communities in the space. And how many members today? Uh, it's 440 members. 440. Uh, and is it a paid group or free? Uh, it's a paid group, and uh, yeah, it, the, the biggest differentiator of this group. Uh, to other ones is that every single member undergoes like a very rigorous uh, review process and they're all proven to have, you know, successfully built e-commerce businesses uh, with over a million dollars in trailing 12 month revenue. How do you make sure they actually have that and, you know, don't fake it? So there's a whole, whole process like screenshots, uh, lots of back and forth. Uh, it's like a pretty rigorous interview process. And most of, most of the people that come in are referral uh, base so they come in you know with other members that can vouch for them okay and how much do you charge per year uh right now it's six thousand dollars a year okay six thousand dollars a year uh and, and all 400 members pay that uh not all 400 members kind of how it works is when uh ever we, we graduate the pricing uh regular periods of time and the people that came in at the previous pricing are grandfathered in and as new members come in uh, they pay the newer pricing. Okay, got it. I think your last price point was four uh, four thousand nine hundred ninety seven. Uh, 
so even if you you know if you got 440 members paying that, I mean it's close to a two million dollar business. I imagine you have people paying less than that though. So you're doing less than two million a year in revenue, but still impressive for a community. Yeah. yeah. How much did the community do last year in revenue? Uh, so the community was over a million in revenue last year. Wow, interesting. Okay, and what? How do you reinvest that revenue? Uh, we really focus on providing value to our members. Uh, so we get different speakers to create content for us. Uh, we partner with uh, different organizations to create exclusive content for the members. Uh, we really kind of go back and forth to get the best you know promotions possible for the members. Uh, we put on a lot of events. Uh, I know right now events have been kind of shut down, but this year we plan to do 10 different events for our members. Um, that's kind of the main focus. Uh, in general, like the biggest thing that we're trying to do is facilitate uh, relationships uh, and, you know, help members get to know the right people in our group to help mm-hmm. them succeed. When I've interviewed folks running communities before, the issue has always been churn. Even some of the top membership sites, creators in the world churn is all you know i'm talking like even like tony robbins right churns or amy porterfield churn can be really high what does your annual churn look like how many people don't renew uh very very few uh it's 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 so low that we don't uh really look at the metric too much uh you know most of our members once they join they're they're a member for life uh even members that have sold their business still uh stay that there's a lot of kind of other facets of the community uh, that are not associated with business. Uh, we have like an investments, uh, you know, subgroup. Uh, we have subgroups about health, uh, and you know, just people stay in for the long haul. Paul, they make you know lasting friendships, uh, and that's a big thing for us. And you joined when it was fifty members, and what year was that? Uh, it was two thousand fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Okay, and you joined officially as COO. Who, who's the creator of this, and how are you guys working together? Do you just rev share it or what? So yeah, our creator is Ian Sells, uh, CEO, uh, and uh, we're just you know equity partners in the organization. Okay, I imagine that this is a you know high margin business. There's not a ton of expenses here. What do you guys do with profits? Uh, so I mean, we reinvest most of it into the the team. So we're you know, we're growing every single year, um, internal team members. How many uh, on the team today? Right now we have eight people. So eight. like so recently the you know biggest thing is like hiring, uh, you know, full-time support for the community, full-time support for the, uh, the partners we have. It's a, uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you, you, you'd be surprised. Got it. So the most expensive thing there obviously is headcount. What's the second most expensive thing besides headcount? Uh, I would say for the events. So, you know, you know, things that we're doing associated with events, uh, software probably a third but yeah the most the most expensive is the team Mm -hmm. and and so a lot of the most successful software companies these days are coming out of communities like this i mean why haven't you guys launched and you know a tool for like you know tracking amazon prices of your competitors something related to your community members you can upsell to them so there have been a lot of uh softwares that were born out of this community uh, it, it's, it's kind of a separate uh, business, but there are people that have created uh, softwares by partnering with other members of the community. There's been more than just software businesses formed. There's been product businesses as well. Uh, what some are some of the, of the software companies that came out of this? One of them is called Rebate Key, and another one is called Elite Seller. Okay. And but I guess back to my original question, though, I understand your members have done this, but you guys are in the position of being the community leaders. Why haven't you guys invested in a developer to launch something? You have a built-in community of customers. Well, it's, it's been separate businesses. I mean, the, the two that I mentioned, the, the CEO of our group, uh, Ian, was involved in founding those two. 
but for us, our focus is just giving back value to the members. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, sorry, the giving back value answer is always a weird one for me because, well, of course, that's the obvious answer, but you can build software to give more value. Uh, that's why people usually build software companies. So I guess st- I still go back to that question. You must see ideas come through the group all the time. Do you guys just not have an engineering team capable of building things fast? It's just never been our focus to, to build our own tools. Uh, you know, like I said, like a lot of the members have their own softwares, you know, in addition to the softwares that have come out of it. So like, for example, you know, how would a member feel if they're talking about things and then we as an organization are taking that feedback and creating something to compete with them like that. That doesn't, you know, create like a cohesive relationship. Well, sure, but you also miss out on massive opportunities. When you ask Ryan Dice, one of his biggest regrets about digital marketer is that he let people like Russell Brunson go on his stage a decade ago, and now ClickFunnels is worth two billion dollars, right? And 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 even as you know, as Traffic and Conversion Summit was a launching pad for Russell, you know, Ryan Dice and those guys have no equity in ClickFunnels. Again, you're in a unique position to sort of do this, but no no interest. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, just been our focus. Like a, it doesn't align with our long-term vision. Which is uh, what? Which is just becoming the most, you know, the largest, most well-known community for e-commerce entrepreneurs. Why is largest? Why is largest in your vision statement? You know, a lot of times these groups get very diluted because they want to add more revenue, and the only way to do this is they add more members, and then it ends up degrading quality. Why did you work, use the word largest? I guess I mean that's not the right word uh, per se. I would say most, I guess, notorious, but that that isn't good word uh most well known and most respected most exclusive so i wouldn't say largest per se uh so it's just uh, i guess most you know if you, if you mention this community uh we want people to know about it and know that it's prestigious know that you know the members in there have accomplished something and that it's not an easy thing to get into so uh we want it to be something if you're going into e-commerce oh one day I want to be able to qualify for this community. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So will you constantly increase the minimum revenue threshold to get in? Uh, no, we, we feel that increasing the revenue threshold isn't the main concern. And also that that's not, you know, uh, that that's a reason why we don't charge so much. Like there are other competing communities which charge a lot more. Like which uh, ones? But, uh, like, you know, if you look at EO, for example, which is like the biggest like entrepreneur organization, their, their fee schedule is, is higher than ours. Uh, but the reason we don't really want to do that is because you, you leave out a large chunk of people that are working in their business. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's important for us to have those people involved in our community because those are the ones that are constantly adding value uh, because they're, they're the ones that are reinventing uh, the business. Whereas other businesses that are already past that $10 million, $15 million threshold, they're focusing on fixing other problems, right? Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not working inside their business. So we don't want to uh, alienate the solo entrepreneur. Got it. I mean, I think if you want to say that you're going to be an exclusive group, you have to have a clear playbook for when you say no to people, right? And, how you, and you're going to have to say no to more people over time if demand increases. I haven't heard you say we're going to say no to these X people. So we say no to people that don't match our core values. I think the biggest thing is it, first you have to hit the revenue numbers, which is a million dollars trailing 12 months. Uh, but you have to be willing to share. You have to be willing to show up. You have to be engaged. Uh, that, that's a big thing. We're How do you measure doing. that? Do you use community sort of measurement software to see who's posted at least once in the past week or something like that? Yeah. So we, we actually, I mean, Facebook, uh, we, we, we communicate on Facebook. 
And then we have other tools that we use to keep track of all of our members. And uh, a lot of the metrics from Facebook, we, we put them in uh, to this tool. And we look at, you know, people are participating in events. People are visiting the membership site. We're looking at like, a number of metrics to constantly make sure that everybody's engaging. What, and, tool, what tool is that out of curiosity? Uh, so our membership site is run on a tool called Wild Apricot. Say it again. Uh, wild Apricot. Walnut Apricot. Wild. 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 Okay. Apricot. And then Facebook is our tool for communication. And we we kind of have our own internal database where we loop all of it together. So we do have people you know in the software space on our team, but they're not associated with building software you know for that purpose. It's more so building it for ourselves. What are some of the other largest sort of Amazon-focused communities? Uh, I would say, you know, as far as I know, we're the largest as far as revenue numbers. You know, in total, uh, we just did a census and we have over $4 billion in annual revenue amongst our 400-plus members. No, I understand so, that. I'm just asking, what are some of the other big ones? What? E-commerce fuel. Fuel. And that's, that's based more around uh, entrepreneurs that, are, that have their own brands and like Shopify businesses. Uh, whereas, you know, our main focus is on Amazon, uh, where we're, you know, that's the differentiator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, if I type Amazon seller into Facebook, I mean, hundreds of groups pop up with tons yeah. of members. You're yeah. saying you're unique in that you're only 440 members and you make more money than any other community in the space. Yeah. Because those communities, they, they just, it's, there's just a bunch of people there. There, there's so much knowledge in this Amazon space that, that, that you need a filter there to figure out what to listen to. And kind of what we do is we filter that out because all of our members have been proven. It's, it's they are successful entrepreneurs and not people that are just starting out. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh, got it. Um, moving into uh, your e-commerce brand. So, how all these two things works together? So when I started my e-commerce brand, I was kind of operating alone in this Amazon space. And uh, it was it was difficult because you have to figure kind of a lot of things out. There, there's no roadmap to success uh, when, when you're trying to launch a brand on Amazon, uh, especially in the years that, that I started it. Uh, and uh, I initially focused on going into brick and mortar and uh, selling into more retail channels. Uh, but then I you know, found this community because I was looking for a place to find knowledge. Uh, and it really opened up my eyes to opportunities that I was missing on, in the Amazon space and really uh, improved uh, my business. I think that year after I joined, I increased over 100% uh, our top line revenue on Amazon. Mm -hmm. and brand. Well, that's not that helpful. If you go from a dollar to two dollars in sales, it's 100% year over year growth. Yeah, well, I, I was already above the, the, the million dollar threshold, so uh, it definitely was more than a dollar. Mm -hmm. So this this brand, when you say that you were selling over a million on Amazon back in 2015 when you joined, how, like how do I go view your products on Amazon? Do I just type in Epare? Yep. Yeah. Okay. E and are these all your products you are building and sourcing, or are you drop shipping? That's all our products. Yeah, it, so and then it, we develop ourselves as well. Interesting. So how do you go source manufacturers and, and where are your supply chains and manufacturing facilities located? So it, the majority of it is in China. And uh, we, we've been working with a lot of the same you know, factories since the brand started. It was, uh, it was you know, a lot easier to find uh, really reliable uh, 
relationships for manufacturing back when I started. And luckily, I've maintained those relationships. And that's been a, another big factor to our success. Do you have exclusivity on these? For example, the crafted double wall glassware that you sell, can that same manufacturer sell that to somebody else like you that's a savvy marketer who can drive sales? Uh, yeah, they, they could sell to other uh, factories. Sorry, the factories could sell to other brands if they, they wanted to. But on a lot of our products, we do have patents. So uh, on those, people wanted to do those designs in the, you know, in the same markets that we do, we can enforce that. What's one of those? What's, what's one of these products you have patents on? Uh, like, for example, our champagne flutes. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. And what do you patent there? Just the shape or, the, or the, a process patent? Uh, so most of them are design patents. Yes. Design patents. Okay. Yeah, this is super interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is right. This is a space where margins, you know, get computed away very quickly. And so I'm always curious how e-commerce stores are protecting. Usually there is no protection. It's just they control the traffic. And if you control the traffic, you can control the sales. You control some traffic, but you also have design patents. Yeah. I mean, with, with Amazon, you don't really control the traffic. You, uh, you kind of, you answer to the traffic uh, correctly. And uh, you know, you need to know like what, you know, what buttons to press to mm-hmm. make Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of where the community comes into play because uh, the business is always changing and the requirements are always, you know, evolving. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think? I mean, what's the long term play? How much will you do in revenue via the e-commerce brand this year? Uh, my goal is to surpass six million this year. And what did you do last year? Uh, last year we did 3.8. 3.8. And do you optimize for like a margin profile or, or how much profit was on 3.8? Uh, so on three eight, uh, well, our average operating is fifteen to twenty percent on the product. I see. Did you hit that last year? Uh, last year, yes, we did. That's great. Even even during COVID, I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, COVID has been a very busy time for anybody uh, selling in e-commerce. Yeah, and just to be clear, that's not gross margin. That's net margin of fifteen percent. Yeah, got it. So that's like what is that? Half, more than half a million bucks to the bottom line on three point eight million in sales. Yeah. What do you spend that money on? Like new design patents, or just pay it out to go buy a home and. Well, multiple things. Uh, in- inventory is one of them, but I, but I did just uh, just purchase a home. Very cool. Oh, look at that. I'm reading, reading <laughs> well, you, your mind. You, you, you called two of them. I love that, Eugene. This is good stuff, man. Anything else we missed you want to talk about? Uh, no, I, I think you covered a lot of it. Uh, I guess I you know just wanted to talk about uh, my success and how much I feel you know finding. Uh, friends in this virtual type of business is very important uh, and like you know that I attribute a lot of my success to being able to, to find people that, that you know speak a common language you know? yeah good stuff let's wrap up here with the famous five number one favorite book favorite book uh, so I, I'm not great at reading but uh, shoe dog was one that I made made it through pretty quickly number two is there a CEO you're following or studying uh, no Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Online tool. I'm really liking Airtable right now for data management. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I like to sleep. I would say nine to ten hours. Love that. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married. And uh, yeah, I'm working on it. No, no kiddos. And how old are you? Uh, I am 29. 29. Eugene, last question here. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Mm, focus. <laughs> Guys, focus. He's running a community in the software selling, sorry, in the selling space called milliondollarsellers.com. Joined in 2015. Now in 2021, over 440 members. They did over a million dollars of revenue last year. It's a paid community. 
very restrictive in terms of who they let in. He's doing this also though by eating his own dog food. He has his own e-commerce brand called Eatpare, launched in 2011. They broke $3.8 million in sales last year, took half a million to the bottom line, hoping to break $6 million in revenue this year. They protect that Amazon product with design patents and other review-like aspects. Eugene, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.